This is your host, Vernon Terrell with Grace Ministries International, and it's time for Walking Free. And welcome back, and today I want to talk about something that is probably somewhat evident or something we intellectually would believe. And it's this idea of when failure is not an option, then what? Life throws us all kinds of circumstances and crazy, just a mix of variables and, and situations. And the scripture doesn't always, in fact, it doesn't address every unique situation in life. That's not the design of Scripture. And sometimes we ask, well, well, what do I do? What do I do? And that's, in fact, the question many Christians who are following the Lord, and they, they genuinely want to do what's right, and they ask that question, what do I do now? I can't really find a verse. I can kind of find a verse. Um, but what do I do? So I thought I'd give you the overriding principle, if you will, to use that word, that you can fall back on. This is a default. This is something uh, that if you need to err in some direction, err this way. And uh, I often will use another word when talking about, you know, if I'm going to, people talk about, well, you need to speak the truth you need to speak the truth and say the truth and stand up for the truth. And then others, oh, you got to act with grace and, and act with grace. And it's like they're competing. They're really not, if you understand true truth. But I always say I'd rather err on the side of grace. That's where I want to land on. And that's, uh, there's a word, another word, very closely uh, associated with grace. And it's really grace demonstrated. And it's the word, you guessed it, love. This is something, if you need to err in some direction, if you're going to error, if you will, then make it erring in love. Say, is love an error? No, it's not. But it can be perceived that way. And many thought uh, that way about Jesus as he was loving those who were not like him, loving those whose society had pretty much outcast and scorned and scorned, and yet he loved them, and he loved them well. And that's what I want to go through uh, here, starting in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And if you read the chapters before, Paul's writing in this letter about the various spiritual gifts that were operating. And I mean, there was some really cool stuff that uh, was happening in terms of the gifts of, uh, of healing, the gifts of prophecy, and the gift of tongues or languages. I mean, it was amazing. And you know, one reason why they really had all that was to validate the gospel. They didn't have CNN and Fox News and MSNBC and 
uh, all the cable news networks covering everything and validating everything. And uh, this was word of mouth. This was um, this was real life happening, and people needed a sense of validation. Uh, this is true. This is this this is real. And that's, at least in one part, what many of these gifts were designed to do, to not only encourage the church and to build up the church, but to validate this new movement that was happening. And Paul is talking about how these should really operate, and he continues in 1 Corinthians 13, and he kind of hits the pause button. He goes, look, if I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, so the literal word, I mean, the tongues of men, what is this little organ, the tongue, doing? It is speaking language. And if I'm speaking with the languages of men, the very, all the different languages, if I could do that, and of angels, I guess they have their own language, although every time they're on this planet, uh, if, if they are truly heavenly angels, they seem to always be talking in one of our languages. We do seem to understand them, at least as best we know. Uh, I haven't talked to an angel yet, uh, but I would imagine they would talk for me in English, maybe even Southern dialect, I don't know, or maybe they help me to understand their own language. Don't know. Never had the privilege. But if I were to speak with the tongues or the languages of men and of angels, and by the way, angels in Scripture can also mean just messenger in general. Could be the, the head of a church, of a local assembly there. Could be someone heralding the truth of something. But often it's a heavenly angel. But regardless, if I speak with whatever language but I do not have love, agape. I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. You're just a bunch of noise. I mean, right here, we're, getting, we're starting to get a picture of, okay, this is serious. This is the real deal. He continues because he's been talking about these different gifts, and he'll continue uh, after this. He says, if I have the gift of prophecy— this special revelation of God to know what's going to to know about events or people or whatever, perhaps in the immediate or, or far future. And he continues to know all mysteries and all knowledge. If I've got that type of spiritual gifting that God's given me, and I know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, plural, what did Jesus say that if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain singular, be cast in the sea? And, and Paul's like blowing this up really big. He goes, if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, plural, I mean, he's really making this big. You got all that, but you do not have love. Or he goes, I don't have love. I am nothing, nothing. He says in verse 3, 1 Corinthians 13, And if I give all my possessions 
to feed the poor? Maybe a flashback to that one guy Jesus spoke to who came up and said, hey, uh, good teacher, you know, what shall I do to inherit you know, eternal life? Oh, well, you know, you, how are you doing with the commands? Got that, Lord. Got them all. He probably didn't, but he thought he did. Got them all, uh, master, teacher. Awesome, fantastic. Now, just do this. Go sell everything you have and give it to the poor and come follow me. And remember what was said. He said he, that guy went away sorrowful because he had a lot of possessions. Now, sometimes we take that all, we expand it. We just need to give away everything. That's what it means to connect with Jesus. That wasn't the point. He was talking to that unique individual. That's, uh, that's who he was talking to. That's like if we said, oh, we need to go and buy a fishing business uh, so we can have nets, and then we can leave our nets behind. Because he told uh, the Thunder Brothers, <laughs> James and John, he said, hey, guys, um, yeah, leave your nets. Come follow me. That was for them, and this was for this guy, the rich young ruler, as he's known. Don't know his name. But Paul said, look, if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned, I mean, martyrdom, again, making this huge, but I do not have love, it profits me nothing. What do I do in this situation? How do I handle this? And you got all these grandiose ideas to really be a good Christian or to do it right. Well, Paul says, look, if I don't have love, it profits me nothing. And let me tell you about this agape love, he says in verse 4. He says, love is patient and love is kind. It's not jealous. It says, love does not brag. It's not arrogant, does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. It is not provoked. It does not take into account a wrong suffered. It does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. This type of love bears all things and believes all things and hopes all things and endures all things. And here's what I want you to remember. When all else fails, then what? Well, love never fails. Love never fails. You can't go wrong by loving. You can't go wrong by loving. If you don't know what to do, love. If you don't know how to respond, love. Love never fails. If he says, if there's gifts of prophecy, they're going to be done away with. If there's tongues or languages, they will cease. If there's knowledge, it will be done away. For, you know, right now, we know in part and we prophesy in part. We don't get the whole picture. But when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away. And there's a lot of speculation. What's the perfect? What's the perfect? Some say, oh, well, that's the Bible. Don't think so. If you believe that, it's okay. When the perfect comes, the partial will be done away. The perfect could be his kingdom. The perfect could be the second coming of the king himself. And then all of this other stuff will be done away. 
He said, when I was a child, I used to speak like a child, think like a child, reason like a child. But when I became a man, I did away with childish things. Whoa, that's almost a, a, a jab at all of these guys who they were all and they were all you know what's the best gift I, I want to have all these different gifts give me all the gifts he goes you know they're good they're not bad he goes but they can become childish because you're forgetting the main thing what's the main thing the main thing here is love he goes look now we see in a mirror dimly going back to that perfect reference but then and that perfect comes then face to face then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully, just as I also have been fully known. He goes, but now, today, right now, faith, hope, and love abide. These, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Back to verse 8. You see, love never fails. So when you have that situation that you're wrestling with and you don't know how to respond, then I want you to love. When you have, when you have that relationship and you don't know how to relate, I want you to love. What does it look like? Like give me some, give me some some handles on that, and that's what Paul does. Love is patient. So if the situation calls for it, you don't know what to do, patience. If the situation comes up and it hits you the wrong way and you don't know how to answer, be kind. If you're not sure about a situation and, and it's like, I, I don't really, man, I feel a little maybe jealous. No, see, love is not jealous. Choose love, not jealousy. Love does not brag. Man, you know, I just did this. I feel really good. Okay, awesome. Love. Don't brag. Don't be arrogant. You know, I've said it before that uh, in, in our hiring I want to do our best that we don't hire folks who are arrogant or unkind or who are not humble. That's not the type of people that we want to hire. I want to hire those who are loving, those who are kind. We can teach them a whole bunch of stuff, but it's hard to teach that. That, that comes from an encounter with Jesus, which is what we call also our uh, our program of discipleship, it's encounter, the encounter, where you encounter Christ. Uh, and it's in a group setting. Awesome, awesome. Uh, seven or so months of experiencing Christ. That is what to do. When all else fails, love. You say, well, people will, will misunderstand. That's okay. You're in good company. They misunderstood Jesus. Love anyways, but but it it, it doesn't uh, uh, it feels like they're walking over me and 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 love anyways. Love is patient. Choose love. Love is kind. Choose love. Love is not jealous. Choose love. 
when you want to get back, choose love. Don't act unbecomingly. You see, love does not seek its own. That's what changed the world. There was no Bible. There were some letters. There was no printed Bible that they were giving out at every street corner. What changed the world was those who were changed first by the love of Christ, and then they went out and loved. That is what changed the world. Change your world. Change the paradigm of your family. Change the paradigm of your work. Change the paradigm of your friends, your relationships. How? Loving. Choose love. That's what this is all about. How shall folks know that you're a disciple? By your love. It's interesting. By your love one for another. Because the, the church has enough problems without fighting each other and bickering with each other. We choose to love. It looks like this, patience, kindness, not jealous, not bragging, not arrogant. There's a lot of knots in there. It's one who acts becomingly, not unbecomingly. It doesn't seek its own. It's humble, not proud. It's not provoked. It's being a quick forgiver because you're going to suffer wrong, and it does not take that wrong into account. It doesn't rejoice in unrighteousness, but you see, it rejoices with truth. The hard part is those last few in verse 7. And this is where the rubber meets the road, where you think, oh, I'm going to be misunderstood. It bears all things. That little word, bears all things. The word means to cover over in silence. It, it hides the faults, if you will, of others. It, it, it bears underneath that. Now, I'm not saying if you're not safe in a situation, you know, if you feel unsafe, get out. Absolutely get out. Get safe. But in the general course of life, we learn to bear up under. It doesn't mean you can't speak and share your heart. But then you, but you humble yourself and you bear all things. You believe all things. Oh, how naive that is. You believe all things. And it's like trust. You can verify, but you, you start off with trust. That's a beautiful thing when you can start off, oh, I believe you. Thank you. You can verify. And you say, hey, I found, this is something I, uh, I found some new information. You bear all things, believe all things, hope all things. You hope for the best. You believe in the person. You bear up under that situation and you endure all things. You endure the wrongs coming at you. You see, love never fails. Your strategy that you have for that situation may fail. Love doesn't fail. And that's what I want to encourage you in today. The one strategy in the scripture 
that can cover a whole bunch of situations without naming the situation. It's just those four letters. Love. In the Greek, agape. It's the same love wherefore God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. That's the love. This love is a giving love. This love is an action love. This love is a humble love. This love is a kind love. That's what changed the world and that's what will never fail. So let me encourage you to put away some of the childish strategies. And by the way, we all have knee-jerk strategies that we go to. It's kind of it's our go-to that we've learned, if you will, after our human existence, after what the scripture calls the flesh, this these strategies to cope in life. We've learned them. They've worked for some. They've worked well. Others, maybe not so well. But they're often our go-to strategy. And what we want to do is learn how to allow Christ and his love to respond, not react, but to respond. And it's hard to do that if we've never received his love. And that's where um, John really, uh, in his letter, some say his uh, sermon, uh, but of First John uh, chapter 4, and First uh, John tap, uh, chapter 4 says this in verse 16, we have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love, and the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this, love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment and the one who fears is not perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. Verse 19, 1 John 4. So I, in order for you to be able to express love, you have to first receive love. And verse 16 is uh, very clear. We have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. Have you? Is that a true statement for you? This is what John is saying. Well, what, what about you? What about me? Have we come to know and believe the love that God has for us? That word know is that 
fullness of knowledge, to come um, to know in a very completed sense of I've not only know it intellectually, I've, I've experienced it. I fully grasp it. I've, I, I, I have received the fact and the truth. Have you? Do you believe that God loves you? Not just the world, not just your neighbor, but that God actually loves you, period, without strings, without condition? Have you experienced, do you fully, completely know and can rest in the truth that for you, you can say without hesitation, yeah, he loves me. He loves me. If not, ask him to reveal his love to you. I think it's spiritual. I think it's a spiritual opening of our heart and eyes to see it. And you've got a brand new heart full of love, full of Christ in you. Ask him to tear away some of the lies that are filtering out that truth for you to see the love that God has for you. Because God is love. And the one who abides in love abides in God. And God abides in him. When you received Jesus Christ as your Savior, you were doused in love. That old you was crucified. A brand new you came to life. And you are united with Jesus Christ in love. You're in him. And Jesus is love. You're wrapped up, engulfed in love. That's why this love is perfected in you. So you can have confidence in the day of judgment. You are all wrapped up, sealed, signed, sealed, and delivered. You are signed, sealed, and delivered in love by his blood, by the way. That will never be taken away. You can stand confident on that day. That's why there is no fear in love. You don't have to fear God. You're wrapped up in his love. He's not out to get you. He's not. You say, but ah, I kind of got off the path a little bit yesterday. I messed up. You're loved. You're, you're loved, period. You don't have to fear anything. There is no fear in love. So step one, if you need steps, receive the love that God has for you. Let that drive out the fear because perfect love, and that's God's love is perfect love. Perfect love, cast out fear. So receive his perfect love and let that fear dissipate. And let it perfect you. Let it mature you so you can now express his love without fear of judgment from him. You think, oh, I'm doing it wrong. I'm not Express his love. There's no fear in love. There's no judgment. Love. That's what I want to encourage you today. Sometimes we just don't know what to do. And I get uh, questions all the time. Well, here's the situation. What do I do? And there's some things, you know, I've got some good ideas to do. But you know what? What my default is? 
love, show grace, express kindness by his grace, by his love. Love, there's my answer. So today, it sounds good. We talk about it a lot. But would you ask God, first of all, to reveal his love to you? Take a bath in his love to really experience it. And then number two, would you ask the Father to show you any steps you need to take to express his love? And it's not you working it up. It's not you, you know, oh, I got to love this person, this person. It's, Father, help me to express Christ. Help me to, to choose to love by your power and grace in me. That's the only way it it can happen. And what does that look like for me and for my situation, for my circumstance? And when you do that, you're definitely not just talking about it. You're walking. You've been listening to Walking Free, a production of Grace Ministries International in Marietta, Georgia. For more information, go to our website at gmint.org. That's G-M-I-N-T dot O-R-G.